Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. <clears throat> On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from uh, 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in the manual, with Manual for Teachers, with Section 21 and 22. 21 being, what is the role of words in healing? And 22, how are healing and atonement related? And at the top of the hour, the next top of the hour, we'll pause uh, for remembrance of our lesson for the day, lesson 360. Peace be to me, the Holy Son of God. Peace be to my brother who is one with me. Let all the world be blessed with peace through us. And Laurie, do you have an opening for us this morning? Um, I'm glad you asked today, Lemoyne. I felt really called um, by this introduction to prayer. Um, Helen's song of prayer. Prayer is the greatest gift with which God blessed his son at his creation. It was then what it is to become, the single voice, creator and creation share. The song the son sings earns the thanks it offers him and to the son. Endless the harmony and endless, too, the joyous concord of the love they give forever to each other. And in this, creation is extended. God gives thanks to his extension in his Son. His Son gives thanks for his creation in the song of his creating in his Father's name. The love they share is what all prayer will be throughout eternity when time is done for such it was before time seemed to be. The greatest gift with which God blessed his son. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, amen. No, my privilege. My privilege. Thank you. Okay, well, um, with us this morning and reading, I have Lori, Jessica, 
Patricia, Harrison, and Donna. With us in listening, we have Ida, Judy, Diana, and Mary. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to to say hi or join the reading list? Morning, this is Sandra, and I can read. Great. Thank you, Sandra. Okay. Well, I'll get us started here then in the Manual for Teachers, Section 21. What is the role of words in healing? Strictly speaking, words play no part at all in healing. The motivating factor is prayer or asking. What you ask for, you receive. But this refers to the prayer of the heart, not to the words you use in praying. Sometimes the words in the prayer are contradictory. Sometimes they agree. It does not matter. God does not understand words, for they were made by separated minds to keep them in the illusion of separation. Words can be helpful, particularly for the beginner, in helping concentration and facilitating the exclusion or at least the control of extraneous thought. Let us not forget, however, that words are but symbols of symbol. They are thus twice removed from reality. And Lori. Question 21. What is the role of words in healing? Strictly speaking, words play no part at all in healing. The motivating factor is prayer or asking. What you ask for, you receive, but this refers to the prayer of the heart, not to the words you use in praying. Sometimes the words and the prayer are contradictory. Sometimes they agree. It does not matter. God does not understand words, for they were made by separated minds to keep them in the illusion of separation. Words can be helpful, particularly for the beginner, in helping concentration and facilitating the exclusion, or at least the control of extraneous thoughts. Let us not forget, however, that words are but symbols of symbols. They are thus twice removed from reality. Two, as symbols, words have quite specific references. Even even when they seem most abstract, the picture that comes to mind is apt to be very concrete. Unless a specific referent does occur in the mind in conjunction with the word, the word has little or no practical meaning and thus cannot help the healing process. The prayer of the heart does not really ask for concrete things. It always requests some kind of experience, the specific things asked for being the bringers of the desired experience in the judgment of the asker. The words, then, are symbols for the things asked for, but the things themselves but stand for the experiences which are hoped for. Thank you. 
Thank you, Lori. And Jessica? Thanks, Lemoyne. Um, paragraph two. Wait a minute. Yeah. Um, as symbols, words have quite specific references. Even when they seem most abstract, the picture that comes to mind is apt to be very concrete. Unless a specific referent does occur to the mind in conjunction with the word, the word has little or no practical meaning and thus thus, cannot help the healing process. The prayer of the heart does not really ask for concrete things. It always requests some kind of experience the specific things asked for being the bringers of the desired experience in the judgment of the asker. The words, then, are symbols for the things asked for, but the things themselves must stand for the experiences which are hoped for. Three, the prayer for things of this world will bring experiences of this world. If the prayer of the heart asks for this, this will be given because this will be received. It is impossible that the prayer of the heart remain unanswered in the perception of the one who asks. If he asks for the impossible, if he wants what does not exist or seeks for illusions in his heart, all this becomes his own. The power of his decision offers it to him as he requests. Herein lie hell and heaven. The sleeping Son of God has but this power left to him. It is enough. His words do not matter. Only the word of God has any meaning because it symbolizes that which has no human symbols at all. The Holy Spirit alone understands what this word stands for. And this, too, is enough. Thank you, Jessica. And Patricia. Three. The prayer for things of this world will bring experiences of this world. If the prayer of the heart asks for this, this will be given because this will be received. It is impossible that the prayer of the heart remain unanswered in the perception of the one who asks. If he asks for the impossible, if he wants what does not exist or seeks for illusions in his heart, all this becomes his own. The power of His decision offers it to him as he requests. Herein lie hell and heaven. 
the sleeping Son of God, has but this power left to him. It is enough. His words do not matter. Only the word of God has any meaning because it symbolizes that which has no human symbols at all. The Holy Spirit alone understands that this word, the Holy Spirit alone understands what this word stands for. And this, too, is enough. Four, it is the teacher of God, then, to avoid the use of words in his teaching? Is the teacher of God then to avoid the use of words in his teaching? No, indeed. There are many who must be reached through words, yet There are many who must be reached through word, being as yet unable to hear in silence. The teacher of God must, however, learn to use words in a new way. Gradually. Gradually, he learns how to let his words be chosen for him by ceasing to decide for himself what he will say. This process is merely a special case of the workbook lesson. I will step back and let him lead the way. The teacher of God accepts the words which are offered him and gives as he receives. He does not control the direction of his speaking. He listens and here is thank you thank you Patricia and Harrison for is the teacher of God then to avoid the use of words in his teaching? No, indeed. There are many who must be reached through words, being as yet unable to hear in silence. The teacher of God must, however, learn to use words in a new way. Gradually, 
in our time to let his words be chosen for him by ceasing to decide for himself what he will say. This process is merely a special case of the workbook lesson. I will step back and let him lead the way. The teacher of God accepts the words which are offered him and gives as he receives. He does not control the direction of his speaking. He listens and hears and speaks. Five. A major hindrance in this aspect of this learning is the teacher of God's fear about the validity of what he hears, and what he hears may indeed be quite startling. It may also seem to be quite irrelevant to the presented problem as he perceives it, and may, in fact, confront him with a situation that appears to be very embarrassing. All these are judgments which have no value. They are his own, coming from a shabby self-perception that he would leave behind just not the words that come to you, but offer them in confidence. They are far wiser than your own. God's teachers have God's word behind their symbols and as and he capital H himself gives to the words they use the power of his spirit, raising them from mutant symbols to the call of heaven itself. Thank you, Harrison. And Donna, would you uh, read five and then title and uh, 22 and first paragraph 22? Five. A major hindrance in this aspect of his learning is the teacher of God's fear about the validity of what he hears. And what he hears may indeed be quite startling. It may also seem to be quite irrelevant to the presented problem as he perceives it, and may, in fact, confront him with a situation that appears to be very embarrassing. All these judgments, which all these are judgments which have no value. They are his own, coming from a shabby self-perception that he would leave behind. Judge not the words 
that come to you, but offer them in confidence. They are far wiser than your own. God's teachers have God's word behind their symbols. And he himself gives to the words they use the power of his spirit, raising them from meaningless symbols to the call of heaven itself. 22. How are are healing and atonement related? 1. Healing and atonement are not related. They are identical. There is no order of difficulty in miracles because there is no degree of atonement. It is the one complete concept possible in this world because it is the source of a wholly unified perception. Partial atonement is a meaningless idea, just as special areas of hell and heaven is inconceivable. Accept atonement and you are healed. Atonement is the word of God. Accept his word and what remains to make sickness possible. Accept his word and every miracle has been accomplished. To forgive is to heal. The teacher of God has taken accepting the atonement for himself as his only function. What is there then? He cannot heal. What miracle can he be? What miracle can be withheld from him? Thank you, Donna and Sandra. Um, <clears throat> 22. How are healing and atonement related? One. Healing and atonement are not related. They are identical. There is no order of difficulty in miracles because there is no degrees of atonement. It is the one complete concept possible in this world because it is the source of a wholly unified perception. Partial atonement is a meaningless idea, just as special areas of hell in heaven is inconceivable. Accept atonement and you are healed. Atonement is the word of God. Accept his word and what remains to make sickness possible. Accept his word and every miracle has been accomplished. To forgive is to heal. To forgive is to heal. The teacher of God has taken accepting the atonement for himself as his only function. What is there then? He cannot heal. What miracle can be withheld from him? Two. The progress of the teacher of God may be slow or rapid depending on whether he recognizes the atonement's inclusiveness or for a time excludes some problem area from it. In some cases, there is a sudden and complete awareness of the perfect applicability 
of the lesson of the atonement to all situations. This, however, is comparatively rare. The teacher of God may have accepted the function God has given him long before he has learned all that his acceptance holds out to him. It is only the end that is certain. Anywhere along the way, the necessary realization of inclusiveness may reach him. If the way seems long, let him be content. He has decided on the direction he will take. What more was asked of him? And having done what was required, would God withhold the rest? Thank you, Tondra. And is there a new reader for uh, 22, 2, and 3? Hi, it's Glenn. I I can read. I think <laughs> I'll give it a go. Thanks, Lana. Oops. I'm sorry. It's two, right? Yeah. Okay. The the progress of the teacher of God may be slow or rapid, depending on whether he recognizes the atonement inclusiveness or for a time, exclude some problem areas from it. In some cases, there is a sudden and complete awareness of the perfect applicability of the lesson of the atonement to all situations. This, however, is comparatively rare. The teacher of God may have accepted the function God has given him long before he has learned all that his acceptance holds out to him. It is only the end that is certain. Anywhere along the way, the necessary realization excuse me, of inclusiveness may reach him. If the way seems long, let him be content. He has decided on the direction he will take. What more was asked of him? And having done what was required, would God withhold the rest? That forgiveness is healing needs to be understood if the teacher of God is to make progress. The idea that a body can be sick is a central concept in the ego's thought system. This thought gives the body autonomy, separates it from the mind, and keeps the idea of a cat inviolate. If the body could be sick, atonement would be impossible. A body that can order a mind to do as it sees fit would merely take the place of God and prove salvation is impossible. What then is left to heal? The body has become lord of the mind. How could the mind be returned to the Holy Spirit unless the body is killed? And who would want salvation at such a price? Thank you, Lana. And is there another new reader for three and four? Hi, oh, oh, Lemoyne. I'll try it. This is Diane. Okay. 
Number three, that forgiveness is healing needs to be understood if the teacher of God is to make progress. The idea that a body can be sick is a certain concept in the ego's thought system. This thought gives the body autonomy, separates it from the mind, and keeps the idea of attack inviolate. If the body could be sick, atonement would be impossible. A body that can order a mind to do as it sees fit would merely take the place of God and prove salvation is impossible. What then is left to heal? The body has become Lord of the mind. How could the mind be returned to the Holy Spirit unless the body is killed? And who would want salvation at such a price? Number four. Certainly, sickness does not appear to be a decision, nor would anyone actually believe he wants to be sick. Perhaps he could accept the idea in theory, but it is rarely, if ever, consistently applied to all specific forms of sickness, both in the individual's perception of himself and of all others as well. Nor is it at this level that the teacher of God calls forth the miracle of healing. He overlooks the mind and body, seeing only the face of Christ shining in front of him, correcting all mistakes and healing all perceptions. Healing is the result of the recognition of God's teacher of who it is that is in need of healing. This recognition has no special reference. It is true of all things that God created. In it are all illusions healed. Complete. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Is there another new reader for four and five? Another new reader. Okay. Back to you, Lori. Certainly sickness does not appear to be a decision, nor would anyone actually believe he wants to be sick. Perhaps he can accept the idea in theory, but it is rarely, if ever, consistently applied to all specific forms of sickness both in the individual's perception of himself and of all others as well. Nor is it at this level that the teacher of God calls forth the miracle of healing. He overlooks the mind and body, seeing only the face of Christ shining in front of him, correcting all mistakes and healing all perception. Healing is the result of the recognition by God's teacher of capital who it is that is in need of healing. This recognition has no specific or special reference. It is true of all things that God created. In it are all illusions healed. Five, 
when a teacher of God fails to heal, it is because he has forgotten capital who he is. Another sickness thus becomes his own. In allowing this to happen, he is identified with another's ego and has thus confused him with the body. In so doing, he has refused to accept the atonement for himself and can hardly offer it to his brother in Christ's name. He will, in fact, be unable to recognize his brother at all, for his father did not create bodies, and so he is seen in his brother only the unreal. Mistakes do not correct mistakes, and distorted perception does not heal. Step back now, teacher of God. You have been wrong. Lead not the way, for you have lost it. Turn quickly to your capital teacher and let yourself be healed. Thank you, Lori and Jessica. Five. When a teacher of God fails to heal, it is because he has forgotten capital who he is. Another, another's sickness thus becomes his own. In allowing this to happen, he has identified with another's ego and thus confused him with a body. In so doing, he has refused to accept the atonement for himself and can hardly offer it to his brother in Christ's name. He will, in fact, be unable to recognize his brother at all, for his father did not create bodies, and so he is seeing in his brother only the unreal. Mistakes do not correct themselves. I mean, sorry, mistakes do not correct mistakes, and distorted perception does not heal. Step back now, teacher of God. You have been wrong. Lead not the way, for you have lost it. Turn quickly to your teacher and let yourself be healed. Six, the offer of atonement is universal. It is equally applicable to all individuals in all circumstances. And in it is the power to heal all individuals of all forms of sickness. Not to mention this is to be unfair to God and thus unfaithful to him. A sick person perceives himself as separate from God. Would you see him as separate from you? It is your task to heal the sense of separation that has made him sick. It is your function to recognize for him that what he believes about himself is not the truth. It is your forgiveness that must show him this. Healing is very simple. Atonement is received and offered. Having been received, it must be accepted. It is in the receiving, then, that healing lies. All else must follow from this single purpose. Thank you, Jessica. And Patricia. Six. The offer 
of atonement is universal. It is equally applicable to all individuals in all circumstances. And in it is the power to heal all individuals of all forms of sickness. Not to believe this is to be unfair to God and thus unfaithful to him. A sick person perceives himself as separate from God. Would you see him as separate from you? It is your task to heal the sense of separation that has made him sick. It is your function to recognize for him that he believes. It is your function to recognize for him that what he believes about himself is not the truth. It is your forgiveness that must show him this. Healing is very simple. Atonement is received and offered. Having been received, it must be accepted. It is in the receiving, then, that healing lies. All else must follow from this single purpose. Seven. Who can limit the power of God himself? Who then can say, who can be healed of what? And what must remain beyond God's power to forgive? This is insanity indeed. It is not up to God's teachers to set limits upon him because it is not up to them to judge his son and to judge his son is to limit his father both are equally meaningless Yet this will not be understood until God's teacher recognizes that they are the same mistake. Herein does he receive atonement, for he withdraws his judgment from the Son of God. 
accepting him as God created him. No longer does he stand apart from God, determining where healing should be given and where it should be withheld. Now, now can he say with God, this is my beloved son created perfect and forever soul. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia and Harrison. Second, who can limit the power of God himself? Who then can say who can be healed of what and what must remain beyond God's power to forgive? This is insanity indeed. It is not up to God's teachers to set limits upon capital H-M, because it is not up to them to judge capital H, his son, and to judge his son is to limit his father. Both are equally meaningless, yet this will not be understood until God's teacher recognizes that they are the same mistake. Herein does he receive atonement, for he withdraws his judgment from the Son of God, accepting him as God created him. No longer does he stand apart from God, determining where healing should be given and where it should be withheld. Now can he say with God, quote, This is my beloved Son, created perfect and forever so, unquote. Thank you, Harrison. And is there is there anyone who would enjoy reading uh, that last paragraph seven from section twenty two of the manual again? I would. Um, the morning, if it's okay. Certainly, Lana. Please do. Who can limit the power of God himself? Who then can say who can be healed and of what and what must remain beyond God's power 
to forgive. This is insanity indeed. It is not up to God's teachers to set limits upon him because it is not up to them to judge his son. And to judge his son is to limit his father. Both are equally meaningless. Yet this is not, I'm sorry, yet this will not be understood until God's teacher recognizes that they are all the same mistake. Herein does he receive atonement, for he withdraws his judgment from the Son of God, accepting him as God created him. No longer does he stand apart from God, determining where healing should be given and where it should be withheld. Now can he say with God, This is my beloved Son, created perfect and forever so. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Thank you, Vanna. Okay, well, and friend not with us today because she had an injury, <laughs> and I presume she slipped on ice. The weather being looked, and uh, so um, what do I want to say? Last kind of the last call for a volunteer to lead us and. The remembrance of today's lesson, lesson 360, and maybe touch on the section, What Am I?, because this is our last day for that. I'll do it. Okay, Harrison? Here I am. Part two of the workbook for students. What am I? I am God's Son, complete and healed and whole, shining in the reflection of His love. And me is His creation sanctified and guaranteed eternal life. In me is love perfected, fear impossible, and joy established without opposite. I am the holy home of God himself. I am the heaven where his love resides. I am his holy sinlessness itself for in my purity abides his own. Our useful words is almost over now. Yet in the final days of this one year we gave to God together you and I we found a single purpose that we shared, and thus you join with me. So what I am are you as well. 
the truth of what we are is not for words to speak of nor describe. Yet we can realize our function here and words can speak of this and teach it too if we exemplify the words in us. We are the bringers of salvation. Eyes, ours are the eyes to which Christ's vision sees a world redeemed from every thought of sin. We are the messengers of God who speak for him and carrying his word to everyone whom he has sent to us. We learn that is written on our heart. Lesson 360. Peace be to me, the Holy Son of God. Peace to my brother, who is one with me. Let all the world be blessed with peace through us. Father, it is your peace that I would give, receiving it of you. I am your son forever, just as you created me. For the great ways remain forever still and undisturbed within me. I would reach to them in silence and in certainty, for nowhere else can certainty be found. Peace be to me, and peace to all the world. In holiness were we created, and in holiness do we remain. Your Son is like to you in perfect sinlessness. And with this thought, we gladly say, Amen. Let's meditate a minute on the idea, Peace be to me, the Holy Son of God. Peace to my brother, who is one with me. Let all the world be blessed with peace through us.
Father, it is your peace that I would give, receiving it of you. I am your son, forever just as you created me. So the great rage remained forever still and undisturbed within me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Harrison. Thanks, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. morning this is Sandra <clears throat> and I'll share a story I shared earlier um, which also uh, goes along with the reading what is the role of words in healing and um, it says let us let all the world be blessed with peace through us and a couple of days ago, I got a uh, a text from a loved one, and it, and I and it it was shocking to me, and it and I started to feel pain and and suffering, and I I gave it to Holy Spirit and um, and let it go. But one of the things that I've learned is that when I let it go, I have to go do something that that I enjoy, or that's you know that's that's nurturing and and comforting. It's called self-compassion. <laughs> so I did that, and I, I was guided to go to the mall with my dog, and who I have a little stroller for, and just walk in the mall. And that's all the guidance I got. So I decided, as much as I was resisting, because I just didn't want to do anything, <laughs> I said, okay, go to the mall. <clears throat> and I went. And, of course, you know, people are walking by, and they see my little dog, She's in this little black stroller, and she's all white, and they're going, oh, she's so cute, and they're smiling. And I just started automatically just blessing everybody and um, with blessings that I do sort of, I don't even think about them. <clears throat> Whenever I'm walking, I'm doing affirmations and blessings, and either for myself or for anybody who, pa- who I pass by, I start including them with we instead of I. 
And um, and then I went home. I got a good 45 minutes of a walk-in. I felt better and felt better and just felt better. <laughs> and so there was my power of decision to, number one, turn it over to the Holy Spirit, and then number two, to do, to give myself love and compassion and extend love that way because I'm included in the equation of extending love out into the world. And it worked. I'm complete. What a beautiful description. Thank you, Sandra. Oh, Sandra, that was a perfect description of hell, of the mechanics of healing. You know, it's what I practice and what seems to work. You know, once I give it to Holy Spirit, I don't take it back and think about it. Once I've given it to Holy Spirit, it's Holy Spirit. Then I go about my day. And although I don't get out to shop very much, I might go and cook. I might go and paint. I might go and write. But I, I don't think about that problem. I've given it to Holy Spirit, and... um. I'm not going to take it back by thinking about it. And and this lesson today, and and um, the reading too. Uh, I wrote I wrote about uh, self care just this morning and posted it. It was kind of a you know a coincidence that you shared about that, uh, Sandra. So um, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Anna. This is Donna. Um, what's been said kind of fit in with what's rolling into my um, consciousness this morning. But first, in paragraph seven, I mean five, it it caught me. The last sentence: Turn quickly to your teacher and let yourself be healed. And um, so immediately, since this is so much about healing, it draws up the the separation uh, cause so much. So I quickly, a prayer came to me, and it went like this, help me, let thy will be done in me. And know and hear, quote, this is my beloved son, created perfect and forever so, end quote. So that's a prayer I'm going to be uh, using in my own work. And then the idea in the lesson, uh, Sandra kind of said it in a way, and um, (laughs) let me remember where the lesson is in this book. These books are a mystery to me. Um, And the lesson, Peace Be to Me, the Holy Son of God, peace to my brother who is one with me. Let all the world be blessed with peace through us. Anytime I see the word us, it has great power for me because in Genesis, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So that word's very powerful to me. And recently on television, I've noticed uh, when they put a script up about Jesus, 
there is they're running the, this continuing thing and the us in Jesus is underlined. To me, that's very exciting. I feel like like any moment that, that, that one individual that still needs to wake up is going to wake up and we're going to be us where we already are and really are. And so I'd like to take liberty with, with the lesson this morning because when I read this little prayer at the beginning, paragraph one actually, uh, of our What Am I?, I, I would like to read that and, and instead of saying I am, I would like to read it as an us. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> we are God's son, complete and healed and whole, shining in the reflection of his love. In us is his creation sanctified and guaranteed eternal life. In us is love perfected fear impossible, and joy established without opposite. We are the holy home of God himself. We are the heaven where God, where his love resides. We are his holy sinlessness itself, for in our purity abides his own. I am complete. Thank you, Donna. I really like that. Yeah, thank you, Donna. I, thank you, Donna. My eyes immediately went to paragraph three, which also in first person plural. Love it. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Brings to my mind. It says, "We strengthen in another; we strengthen also in ourselves." So it's very appropriate to use us there. I appreciate that. Thank you. Hi, it's Harold Um 
Marvin's fascinated when I see the term of great rays. I believe this is the only time it's mentioned in the workbook, though there are several references to the great rays, I think, in the text. In sentence two of the lesson, I am your son forever just as you created me. For the great ways remain forever still and undisturbed within me. Obviously, that's true for each and every one of us. Whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we are Course in Miracles students or not, God placed the great rays within us in our creation. Ken Watnick says it's used in A Course in Miracles. The term great rays is a symbol for the light of Christ that is our true self. A symbol for the light of Christ that is our self. That's true of every seemingly separate being in on this planet. The light of Christ is our true self. Can go on to say, God, then, would be the quote-unquote son, as you end, the source. And we, the emanations or extensions, the rays of that light, in the text, Jesus speaks of the little spark of the great ray that exists in all of us. The memory of that great light held for us in our bright minds by the Holy Spirit and found fully present in all the seeming fragments of the sunshine. And the quote from the text, in many 
only the spark remains. So the great rays are obscured. Yet God has kept the spark alive so that the rays can never be completely forgotten. If you but see the little spark, you will learn of the greater light. So the rays are there unseen. But the spark is still as pure as the great light because it is the remaining call of creation. Put all your faith in it, and God himself will answer you. End of quote from chapter 10 of the text. So the great rays abide in all minds. God placed the great rays there in our creation. And we can access the great rays the light, and we can come to recognize that that light is who we are. And that light dispels all the dark thoughts that we have thought for eternity. Only the great rays exist. Emanations of the thought of God that exist from our creation throughout time. He speak to me, the Holy Son of God. Let all the world be blessed with peace through us. Mighty companions we are. I'm complete. Indeed. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Harrison. Beautiful, Harrison. Yeah. Thank you, Harrison. I loved it. Loved it so much, Harrison. Thank you so much. If I may share a quote from the Masters of Far East, a prayer given by Jesus. It's only the first couple of lines, but it really emanates what Harrison just shared. 
as I stand alone in your great silence, God my Father. In the midst of me there blazes a pure light, and it fills every atom of my whole being with its great radiance. Light, love, strength, beauty, purity, perfection stand forth in full dominion. Thank you, Harrison. Amen. Mm, thank you for that, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Amen. This is Lemoyne. I'd like to thank Sandra more specifically for what you shared, Sandra. The the thing of, you know, you get the text and your mind goes threats and it sinks into fear and judgment that, you know, you did what what the text says at both ends and and really all through the middle that, you know, one task to accept the atonement for ourselves. And so um, <clears throat> you avoid the temptation of trying to fix things, of trying to make the situation go away because you don't feel good. Right? To try and seeing something amiss and thereby pain and in need of healing to try and seek healing through that same perception. It's just, you know, repeat the error, get lost, lose. And so, you know, to restore ourselves first, you know, is is what these last few sections that repeatedly said, you know, experience that kind of thing, it's like, now now the teacher needs him. And so the thing to do is to heal. And that way, if you return to that text, you return there and with the light, able to bring the illusion to the light instead of bring it, trying to find the light through the illusion, which is not what recommended. I don't think that's ever recommended tech, you know, to learn to master 
master fear is not the way to to get to get rid of it. The way to get rid of it to heal, and then then you know bring that illusion to the healed Son of God, where the light shines. and uh, can remain whole then in the face of temptation. So, thanks for that very practical advice. That I need that reminder. I do it backwards so often. Okay. I'm continuing. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thanks, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thanks, Lemoyne. Yeah, thanks, Lemoyne. And I'm just so grateful for these calls every morning because they keep reminding me of the truth and I seem to have a built-in forgetter. So I just love all you guys helping me to remember the truth. I'm complete. Oh, my Lord, that's my month for me. Why is that the truth? That's so true. Oh, God. I never knew being so absent mine was so much fun until I reached come to this call. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh. My Lord. Chosen again, it reminds me that the most important thing is for me to heal my mind. That is the only healing that's really necessary. Everything God created is absolutely perfect. And if it's perfect, it's not in need of any healing. And the only thing that exists is what God created. So if I'm believing that something needs to be healed, then that's in my mind. And as a teacher of God, as a healer, the first thing I need to do is to heal my mind, heal myself. And when I do that, that healing is transmitted to through my thoughts to everything that I touch, either physically or in my mind. It's all in my mind. So when I look on a brother, if my thoughts are healed about myself, then my thoughts about my brother are healed, and therefore my brother is healed. That all takes place in my mind. The problem I 
head is looking for validation outside of my mind. If I see my brother is healed of cancer, okay, or sickness, disease of any kind, if I start to look for physical manifestations of that, then I'm off track. I'm looking in the wrong place. Healing of myself and others takes place in my mind. When I see my brother as healed, he is healed. And as long as I don't revert back to seeing my brother as a body and as a sick person, as long as I don't revert back to that, then he is healed. As long as I don't look for validation, Excuse me. the ego thought system doesn't want me to finish this thought. But as long as I don't look for validation in the world or in my brother's body, as long as I'm going to look outside of myself, but continue to see my brother as God created him. Sinless, without sickness of any kind, perfect creation. As long as I continue to see that and only that will healing occur. But it occurs first in my mind. So I it's from physician heal thyself. I'm complete. That was excellent. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Hi, it's Lana. I loved what you shared, Harrison. You know, I often say the kindest thing I can do for a brother is heal my mind. And um, and that's very true because with a healed mind, I don't see my brother as anything other than he truly is. So... Um, you know, someone on Facebook this morning asked me in my long journey what was the most challenging thing to overcome. And, you know, and I just replied, you know, I don't think we overcome everything completely because I'm still here in a body. But I thought about it and, 
and it was all and it all comes down to one thing every experience i've ever had every illness every worry every you know my divorce my death to my family whenever i suffer it's always because of a misidentification of self um no matter what happens if i'm not perceiving the truth i misidentified myself I'm functioning from the ego. And even when, you know, someone I mentor or someone comes to me for healing, the first thing I have to acknowledge is that I'm perceiving a brother. Someone showed up in front of me that is sick or worried or thinks they are not whole and complete. So if I'm perceiving that, I have to, you know, no matter what their story is, I have to go back and look at my mind and heal that for the perception of a brother that's not wholly healed and perfect. So it's always a joining. It's always a joining with my brother and a healing together because as I heal my mind of any imperfection or belief in imperfection in myself or my brother, then all of a sudden that healing takes place and it's shared with my brother and we both come out on the other end where we remember who we are. And once that happens, everyone and everything shows up peaceful loving <laughs> lovely it's the, it comes with a certainty a clarity and most of all it comes with a peace so you know for me every healing come begins with me because it is my mind that is perceiving not the real world not the real brother but it, an, an idea that i've laid over top of them hides their perfection so once that blocks removed you know it's one big happy family again (laughs) and um and the world becomes beautiful and peaceful and most of all i return to peace you know so um you know the kindest thing i can do for a brother is to heal my mind or for the world or anything for any circumstance but first it comes back to me and just like you were alluding to Harrison, it, it's nothing to do outside of me. You know, when someone comes to me for healing, I let them just drain themselves of their story. But the whole time they're releasing themselves from their story, I, I'm not focused on the story. I'm focused on healing my mind. And I just let the story, and, and for, for a lot of people, that's important because until they let, until they let go of the story and have someone hear it um, and empty their mind of it they're not ready to hear the truth so I allow them just to tell me anything they want (laughs) but the whole time I have my mind fixed in healing and and that's a benefit to both of us so I'm complete thank you very well said thank you Lana thank you thank you Thank you. That is so true. So true. Good morning, or yes, still the morning. What's coming up listening to the conversations? Uh, recently, I, re- I was reading with a group of Torah st- students and teachers, 
about when Joseph, the guy that got thrown in the pit, and then he got thrown in jail, and then he interpreted dreams, and then he was lifted up. Anyway, there's this one sentence. He had this child, and the second name of the child was Ephraim, which means, quote, I'm reading it right from the Torah here, God has made me fertile in the land of my affliction. It reminds me of uh, a pearl that is created from a certain irritation from a grain of sand, they say. It reminds me of a birth of something coming out of the egg because there's no more room for that chicken, so it has to bust out and peck itself out with, with some effort. There's no more room in that spot. So it's a little bit uncomfortable and cramped. Now, I'm not saying everything is unlike rowing down the, gently down the stream, but it seems like in nature, the birth of the new, there is oftentimes a certain tension that is released. There's a certain stress. You know, I live on a two acres and sometimes out of nowhere a branch will fall, but before that before that act there's been some like pressure and then boom, all of a sudden, bam. So what comes to mind along these same lines, I think it was General Patton says that welcome the challenges for the bliss of victory or something like that. It was in my health club on the wall. To be able to accept the way things work on this earth, there's oftentimes accompanied pressure, stress, and it's amazing how it works, and it's beautiful. And I don't have an argument with it. And when I am having a resistance, I mean, you know, it's resistance in the violin strings that make it sound so wonderful. There's a tone too loose or too tight. It wouldn't work. And if I have a problem in my life resisting the resistance, I'm reminded of these things that I just shared with you. And so there's an angel behind every circumstance for me to learn, and I'm complete. Thank you, Steve. You are complete. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Steve. Hi, guys. I, I, I'm here. I just heard Harrison call me out. And I'm just so, sitting in stillness, and I'd love to share, but I recognize it's a few minutes, too, and I'd love to hear, Lori, if you have something. You usually have something good to say. So I'll wait until the after call. 
Much love, dear one. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Well, this is Lemoyne, and uh, I there was some. I think it was on this call last week and talk of the mountaintop mountaintop experience and uh, one thing I wanted to say um, at least in the course of love is he he's clear that uh, you did not go I think he says it just like this you did not go to the mountain the mountain came to you. And so I, I begin to recognize how just holding and working to see the truth and what I felt was true, but I couldn't see that all was one, that just in in uh, being willing to return to that occasionally, that things started coming to me that, you know, unfolded into where I am today. So uh, I want to speak about this thing about prayer, you know, that the, the, in 21, the prayer of the heart does not really ask for concrete things. It always requests some kind of experience. And the real, uh, you know, I have to, not an encouragement for everyone to go run out and do it, but, you know, the Landmark Education, Landmark Forum is based on this, and they they do a really great thing on this because they ask people to create a possibility for themselves and their life. And so, you know, what they... it's It's entirely secular, but it does intend to restore our creative power. And they, you know, so they ask people to create a possibility. And there's always somebody who's like, uh, the possibility I'm creating for myself and my life is a yacht, you know, <laughs> because they're a million dollars or something. And they always, it's always the next question is, okay, that's, that's great. How would you feel? How would you feel if you had that million dollars? And they get to the feeling, the the heart feeling, that they would feel secure or whatever it is. And then that's them to create that as a possibility. And, you know, um, <clears throat> so it was, it was in this that I actually, I, I believe I was given this. You know, it was, it was, uh, a money seminar, and it was like I was all caught up in the things that I thought were my problems, you know, and trying to create a possibility that just fixes the problem. Like, I need to be responsible, or I need to, you know, work harder or something. But that's, that, you know, I could tell right away, okay, I'm just swimming up the stream of what I already think that is 
problem is that I'm not going anywhere with that. And I just tried to fill my mind so I could get something new, and I got the possibility to be happy. <laughs> it's like totally, it seemed like a non sequitur, but it also felt like a creation. And it, you know, it actually, it actually worked. <laughs> you know, to be able to, so I began to understand that, you know, um, it's been a lot of work since then going, you know, through having that be challenged by all the ways in which I make myself unhappy. <laughs> but, you know, it that that power exists within us to choose the experience, the experience that we're re- requesting and the specific thing to go back to 21, the specific things asked for being the bringers of the desired experience and the judgment of the asker. The words then are symbols for the things asked for, but the things themselves stand for the experiences which are hoped for. And, you know, I see how in the next paragraph three there that what I had done, you know, what we do with our perception, what I had done definitely, was only limit my perception to the judgment that I placed on the world, that it's about happiness, not about happiness, but about strife and struggle and overcoming things. And so I got lots of things to, <laughs> to overcome. And... uh you know, the only thing that really worked to be able to accept and then, you know, shift that was actually desired, which was, you know, basically just happiness and peace, the way to shift it is to change the focus and in the and you know before long in that work there I realized the only thing I really can change is myself is one way I would say it but really it's just my attitude towards myself and life but that is something we have the power to change at any moment that's why it is possible for people to accept the atonement completely, but it's fairly rare because we've practiced these other things for so long. But that's that's fine. A step in the right direction, what is asked for, the willingness, is all that's really required to begin to unravel, um, for myself anyway, to begin to unravel the trap I surrounded kept myself in by insisting that, you know, the world was not safe. But, you know, after a certain number of decades, you start to realize, well, it really hasn't done all those things I thought it, I thought it was going to do, and, uh, and it really is safe. And most people will, you know, if you have any relationship with them, they will sit down what they're doing if you're in need and able to express a clear request for help 
and it's not the world is not what I thought it was when I was a kid, and I thought it was here to teach us how to be alone. It, it's rather the opposite. I do believe here to teach us that we're not alone and we can't be because of the way we were created. So I'm complete there. And it is about the top of the hour. Do you have something you'd like to share or a closing for us, Lauren? Yeah. Boy, I've sure enjoyed this dialogue today. My goodness. Um, in these two sections, uh, one for the other, the role of words and healing and atonement. And I'm still thinking about that time he was talking to Helen, and he said, you have taught well, but you've not let your teaching teach you. And the reason why, he said, is because all your teaching has been directed away from you. Um, it took a long time for me to understand what he meant by that, and I, I think it's still revealing itself, but there are thoughts, there are thoughts in the mind that are the thoughts of God. They're there. And when I find them, they share themselves. In other words, um, to me, it's like they create a milieu. In the teaching and learning relationship, we're, we're talking about a power which is in us, but not of us. And oh, God, I love the dialogue between Lana and Harrison on healing my mind, because when my mind is healed, there's just the one mind, you see? There's just the one mind, there's just the one identity that we all share. It's manifested, to me, it's manifested in love and healing, which are both the same thing. Uh, somebody asked last week, I think Donna did, what, what's a good definition of atonement? And I sat with that all week, and, and, and you know, all the words, 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 uh, boiled down to, just like he said in, I think it was chapter 2, if recognize first that this is fear, if I feel a separation. And if there's fear, there's not perfect love. But perfect love is the healing of fear, and perfect love is the atonement. Whenever I bring my mind back to that perfect love uh, that is the truth of the relationship between the Father and the Son, that is the essence of the healing. It's the power that's in our minds, but not of our minds. The thoughts that we hold when we sit, it's, it's like a blazing fire. When my mind is at this blazing fire, the thoughts of healing and love go out and they reach to the thoughts of healing and love around me. It creates a milieu. And in that milieu, healing is accomplished by definition. You know, he said, accept atonement for, for yourself is to be a healer by definition, to be a miracle worker by definition, to have accepted forgiveness and therefore no, can long, can no, no longer condemn by definition. 
all of that boils down to just perfect love. And so, um, as I sat and thought about that and listened to everybody talk today, uh, I went to this place. It's in Chapter 11 in the Guide for Miracles. I went there because the teaching-learning relationship is nothing more than what I am and what you are to me. What I am and what you are to me. He says, projection is a law of mind. You cannot not project. Everyone projects. I'm either going to project from truth or I'm going to project from the ego. And when I project from truth, allowing the Holy Spirit to look for and find the manifestations of love, they return to me. My mind is healed. And here's the thing. My mind includes every mind. The soul knows that the consciousness of all its brothers is included in its own. Um, it's not my mind that heals. It's the power that's within the mind that reaches to the thoughts of the minds that I'm sharing that space with in that milieu. It's a mind of oneness, of healing. Forgiveness is already built into the relationship because it's a relationship that reflects and reaches to truth. What I am and what you are to me, you are myself, my capital S self. can't find that by myself. So the power of decision is your one remaining freedom as a prisoner of this world. You can decide to see it right. What you made of it is not its reality. For its reality is only what you gave it. You cannot really give anything but love to anyone or anything. Nor can you really receive anything else from them. If you think you received anything else, it's because you looked within and thought you saw the power to give something else within yourself. The world is what you gave it. Nothing more than that. The world is what I gave it. When I'm resting in truth, truth will be the reflection that I received to my mind. And in that, all healing is already accomplished. I'm complete. Wow. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, everyone. A beautiful discussion today. Much love, everyone. I'll catch you tomorrow. I've got to head out right now, but much love to all. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.